I never in my in my wildest dreams thought that we would see something this shameful and embarrassing, but nevertheless, here we are. Well, in Nazi Germany, they used to get dressed up in red robes for it. The Soviet Union was absolutely de rigueur. You simply couldn't miss it. It was on the radio all the time. You were pretty much required to listen in. China, on the other hand, was much more relaxed about things. They kind of took care of it in the town square. Uh, here in America, it's produced by ABC News. I'm talking, of course, about a show trial. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. And this is your uh, right angle about the uh, astonishing, ludicrous, and at the same time, terrifying uh, January 6th insurrection uh, case trial thing that's going on now. Uh, I am specifically not going to get into the details of what actually happened on January 6th. I think all of us pretty much have a pretty clear opinion on that one way or another. But uh, Steve, I'd like to start with you. Um, the reason that these totalitarian states do these things is twofold. Number one, it may in fact be threefold. Number one, there are people who will believe that it's true. In in the case of the Soviet Union, these show trials were were the charges were completely manufactured. They were tortured until they signed confessions, and then they had the show trial. And many people said, though they must be guilty, they signed confessions. And I don't know, twenty million people disappeared that way. Some number like that. So on one hand, you get to you get to tell people that you know that what we're telling you is true. I think the main reason you have a show trial is to is to brush back any future. Um, opposition by criminalizing political opposition. And that's essentially what's going on here is, criminalize, is criminalizing political opposition. They tried demonizing political opposition, but, you know, all of us super MAGA uh, Christo fascist uh, somehow didn't didn't take the demonizing the way we're supposed to. So. I, and finally, I think the third the th third thing at stake here is the understanding that the law is what we say it is not what's written down in the books. These messages are all being teleported out there into our culture by this travesty for people who are still in jail, have not been charged, and whose worst offense probably looks like a ticket for trespassing. Yeah. Uh, what gets me is uh, suppose they threw a show trial and nobody showed. And well, that's what's happening. Yeah, that's and that's it. Uh, nobody's watching the thing. They put all of these this huge production value window. They hired ABC, NBC to to do all the writing and scripting and production values and all mm -hmm. that to to make it look like a real real show. Um, well, that sounded like you know kind of like a, a one of my infamous quips. There's there's a real point here. The the purpose of a show trial is the show. People have to watch it for all of the the reasons that that you just described. And the thing has been a big old ratings bust. Um, nobody cares. And if nobody cares, that means they aren't afraid. And if they aren't afraid, then the show trial cannot have its intended effect of, of squelching dissent. So that's the good news, I, I suppose. Uh, the bad news is that uh, that it's happening at all, that uh, the leaders of one of our parties and a, a couple from the other side have decided that they that it is in their interest to follow the Soviet playbook in this country. I don't know how to indict them in a moral way any more than I just have. Um, 
what I find fascinating, though, is they're trying to make it look as though it's an actual trial. But this isn't. This is a congressional hearing, essentially, that's been dressed up to make it look like a trial. And what that means is there aren't any actual constitutional protections. Uh, there's there's no defense, essentially. Uh, it's all Democrats and two never-Trump Republicans. Uh, there is nobody there to call witnesses on the defense's behalf. Uh, there's no cross-examination or anything. All of the things that are guaranteed by the Constitution that make something a trial are not present here. And that's that tells you they're trying to have it both ways. Oh, here we are protecting our democracy with, with this thing that looks like a trial and then just blowing out of the water everything that Americans, even Americans who don't really know much about the law, know are a part of our system of justice. And I think that's why they're not tuning in. Uh, Americans can can smell a rat. And this one really stinks. Well, Scott, as, uh, as, uh, as uh, he stated in Alice in Wonderland, uh, you know, first the penalty, then the verdict. Uh, yeah. This, this entire thing hangs upon, uh, upon essentially uh, a tweet that Donald Trump made talking about how he felt the election was stolen uh, and and so on. This was the thing that instigated that this is the thing that incited people to go in and do all of these other things. And when this particular tweet in question, this is the smoking gun that they that they need for the justification of the whole thing in the first place, is that he incited people to go in and, and, and wreck the Capitol building. He, he incited them to insurrection. Well, the final line on that famous tweet is, so go ahead and and patriotically and peacefully protest. Now, they've edited out that last line, and in one case, they edited out the peacefully. That, to me, is not only telling me that this thing is, is false, it's, 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 it's a statement of anti-truth. It's the same kind of thing, we've talked about this many times before, where during the Tea Party days, they would say there are racist signs, the, the Tea Party's racist because we've seen racist signs. They're really, well, who, who brought racist signs? Well, the, the signs were brought by the people who were accusing the Tea Party of being racist. There weren't any racist signs, so they had to bring them in anyway, you see? So you manufacture the evidence and, and all of this stuff. You've never been shy about criticizing Donald Trump, but this is, in fact, not a joke. There are people who are still in prison, not charged, and and I just find the whole thing to be not not comical, but just a, a, a disgrace and 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 an abomination. There's so many aspects of this that are reprehensible. Um, but but let me start with um, I, I, I do not draw the analogy between you know old totalitarian regimes like the Nazis or the Soviet communists or the Chinese communists. Um, this is not on that order. This is more on the order of amateur political campaigning. And it's an embarrassment to the Democratic Party, frankly, um, that they are staging this kind of a thing in order to prove what? That Donald Trump is a guy that they don't like, who says stupid things, uh, that they don't need to have a trial to prove that. In fact, the whole fact that this is called a hearing is ridiculous. There's not a lot of hearing going on. There's just a lot of talking. I mean, this, is, this should, should be called a congressional talking. Um, and it's just an opportunity for them to lecture us more. If people committed crimes, whether that be trespassing or breaking things or hurting people, those people should be prosecuted for their crimes and face the penalty if they're found guilty of those crimes. 
This is not about, oh, somebody told me I should go to the Capitol and break glass. Well, nobody told you to do that. And even if they had, you idiot, you don't do it, okay? So, you know, the the bringing of Donald Trump into this is to try to turn it into something that will defeat Donald Trump if he should ever raise his little head again and try to run for office. And so it's it's just political theater on the part of Democrats. The thing that's really offensive to me is the amount of government resources being poured into this in order to aid the Democratic political campaign committee, basically. So their, their candidates hope to benefit from this uh, besmirching of President Trump's already heavily besmirched reputation. Um, it just, it, even if you're like me and don't think that the election was stolen, do think that Donald Trump lost, do think it was a stupid idea for people to break into the Capitol building um, on that day in January. All of that aside, this is still a ridiculous process that's only designed to put on a show for people who don't want to watch the show. I mean, it's it's almost comically sad that they're going in it. But the real offense to me, I mean, I don't think they're going to be lining up people and shooting them in the streets on this thing. The real offense to me is the huge waste of government resources in order to benefit one political party's election prospects. I'm not too worried about the money it costs. It's a fraction of the money that we spend every day, and they just print some more of it, as you pointed out in your episode. What, what's going on here is in America is, is the criminalization of political opposition. And in this particular case, it's one political opponent who they fear greatly. They've, uh, they've as I learned from Steve on our backstage show, available to members only, I'd said Donald Trump had been impeached twice, and he said actually only once. You need to have the chief justice there, and he wasn't there for the second one, so it wasn't even, they didn't even do this abomination correctly. And Scott's point about millions of people not being dead is also extremely well taken. I've always said the only, you know, you call Donald Trump or, or, or George Bush a Nazi, and the only difference is, you know, 12 million dead people in concentration camps. Other than that, they're exactly the same. All of that said, all of that said, the idea of a show trial, the idea of trying people for crimes that either they did not commit or merited a ticket, the idea of, of, creating a political spectacle to criminalize not only the opposition, but the individuals in the opposition to criminalize the entire movement. These are antithetical to America. I never in my in my wildest dreams thought that we would see something this shameful and embarrassing, but nevertheless, here we are. Here we are. And, and the consolation to take from this, at least the consolation that I take from this, is simply this. If they have to edit out the, the one or two words from the tweet that said peacefully, if they have to hold people without charges because there are no charges to be held, if they have to bring in production quality teams to make sure that people watch this and nobody watches it anyway, then the takeaway from this is, is that the country is still so fundamentally healthy at its core that this is only surface corrosion. But folks, the reason I'm talking about this now is because surface corrosion, if not treated, will eventually get into the support structures and then they will lose their strength and then the building will fail. That's what will happen. So when we see these kind of things, we talk about them and we, and we make a big point about them because they are not the symptoms of a totalitarian state so much as they are the Rather than not the results of a totalitarian state, so much as they are the symptoms or the precursors, they have to be ridiculed, they have to be mocked, they have to be punished. And I think that there should be an incredible amount of, of counter-suing for the amount of 
just plain lawbreaking that went on. Final thing I want to say about this um, is, is this. Scott had pointed this out. We've talked about it several times. If, if you believe that some person saying something can cause somebody to cause them to do something else, something criminal or whatever the case may be, then this is not the country for you. And it's certainly not the religion for you. Free will either exists or it doesn't exist. And if it turns out that their theory is right, that, that Donald Trump issued the words and then this mass of people, as Scott pointed out on our backstage, law-abiding citizens suddenly get the little red lights in their eyes and they go in and start smashing things and, and threatening Nancy Pelosi. If that's true, then that means that all of the discussion in this country has to be limited to speech that is not offensive or doesn't anger the most sensitive, neurotic, crazy person in America. And there are a number of those. The Democrats should be ashamed of themselves. The two Republicans, so-called Republicans, I'm glad they're on, on this because I like to put little dye markers on the cancer cells. Uh, in any event, it's a, it's, it's a shameful episode in our country's history. And and while I don't much care about the fact that the whole thing makes them look like a bunch of clowns, I do care very much about the fact that there are still American citizens who are being held in prison against their will, obviously, for crimes that they did not commit, or as I said a moment ago, at worst, merits a ticket. And political prisoners don't belong in America, but that's what they are. And there's no denying it. No one's denying it. The left isn't denying it. The right isn't denying it. So we'd better get this situation resolved pretty fast. And then when it's over, and after these people are out of office in November, we better start wondering what we can do to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. And the people who did think that this was a good idea get to face some kind of consequences for what they've done. And when I say face consequences, I mean political consequences for those of you out there who might be a little unclear on the entire concept of free speech. For Steve Breen and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time here on Right Angle. 